0: When you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players, you have a great organization, and you tell them one thing. Just win, David.
1: You are listening to Just Pod, baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast brought to you by silverandblacktoday.com. And now your host, Evan Gross. And let's go, Raider Nation. Welcome back to Just Pod, baby. I am your host, Evan Grote, and this episode is brought to you by Silver and Black Today. Las Vegas is only independent Raiders news source. Only one more Sunday without NFL football. This time next week, we'll be breaking down Raiders Week 1 matchup versus the Carolina Panthers, and I cannot wait. There's plenty of news to get to in this brand new episode of Just Pod Baby. Lots of movement with the roster this week. Of course, final cuts will be made on Saturday, September 5th at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. There doesn't seem to be a whole lot of drama remaining, but we will discuss some of the final spots that might be up for grabs. And later in the show, we will be joined by beat writer Hondo Carpenter, who covers the team for SI.com Raiders Maven. But we begin this week with some news and notes from the past few days. I want to start with the trade that was made to acquire linebacker Raquan McMillan from the Miami Dolphins. Look, I've been very adamant on this show in recent weeks that the linebacker depth, in my opinion, was one of the concerns that I had with the roster. Yes, they, they, they did go out and sign and made some upgrades in free agency, bringing in both Littleton and Kwiatkowski, and I believe that they will be a big part of this defense. They better be. They have to be. But beyond those two, I had I had question marks. We saw what Nicholas Morrow did in an expanded role last season. He wasn't very good. To, to be honest, I like Morrow, but he wasn't great. Kyle Miller, uh, Wilbur, excuse me, is nothing more than a special teams player at this point in the career. Does he even make the roster right now? I I, I don't know. And. Uh, If you're counting on him, a guy like Wilbur, to play meaningful snaps, then you've got some major problems at linebacker. And then, of course, you have the rookies, Muse and White. I didn't love where they selected Noose in the third round. I still don't like it. Uh, If you follow Vic Tafur, then you know he has reported many times. uh, Noose looks lost out there. Okay, Uh, Javen White. We have heard great things about him, but can he be counted on as an undrafted free agent to come in and play a large role? You know, those are some big question marks that, that I had. So back to the trade, I really like the move they made to bring in McMillan. I think he's exactly what they've been missing from this group. He's added depth, which again I thought was a concern. He's a specialty player. He's he's a run stopper, okay? He will be used on early downs in the base in base defense. And as Paul Gunther said a couple of weeks ago when he met with the media, it's all about finding roles for players. Now McMillan, he may not play much outside of that base defense, but if he can contribute with the 15 or 20 snaps that he's given on early downs uh, and in special teams, that that's all you need right now. I, I can argue that he immediately steps in right now as the as the Raiders' best run stopper at linebacker. If you're into analytics, then look no further than his grade of 77 last year, okay, which ranked him 15th in the league. So he's he's very good against the run. That is higher than both Kwiatkowski and Littleton, who who, who, uh, had grades of 67 and 65. Now, I'm well aware of his deficiencies in pass coverage, but he won't be asked to do those things in this defense. I've also seen people compare him to Tyre Whitehead from last year. The big difference is Whitehead was asked to do things he wasn't capable of doing. Whitehead, I went back and looked, he played in 90% of the defensive snaps from a year ago. They had no other options. That is not the case this year. Obviously, injuries are a big part of the game. God forbid someone in the unit goes down. But as of right now, I would not expect to see McMillan anywhere near the field on passing situations or when they're in that nickel defense. So you you don't have to worry too much about that. They've got guys that that can play that role. One last thing about the trade. McMillan, his rookie deal will expire at the end of this year. So, uh, you know, that's something to, to kind of be concerned with. He is only 24 years old. He's very young still. He was selected in the 2017 draft in the second round. You hope that they can find a spot for him in the team's long-term plans uh, because they did swap some draft capital for him. They gave up a fourth-round pick, but they also uh, acquired a fifth-round pick. Hopefully, he can come in and contribute and stick around. Now, there were other uh, two other big pieces of news this week. Tyrell Williams did go on the IR, and he will miss the remainder of the season with that torn labrum. Uh, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that because Mo Moten and I, uh, on last week's uh, episode of, of Just Pod Baby, we did discuss that at length and what it could mean for some of the other wide receivers on the team. So I don't want to continue to be a dead horse with, with that topic. But we know it will be a combo of Brian Edwards. He'll be the first first man up, along with Zay Jones and Nelson Aguilar, who will fill the void left by Williams. But the story I do want to talk about is the release of Prince Mu Kamara. Now many believed myself included that Amukamara was brought in you know with the purpose to be a mentor to some of these young uh cornerbacks that they brought in but also play that role as as the bridge cornerback until rookie Damon Arnett was ready to take over full time don't forget these rookies did not have an off season it was a very unusual off season for these rookies so you know I, I believe that they, 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 they went and seeked out a, a veteran cornerback for a reason. Well, guess what? That, the time to take over is, is now for Arnett. Everyone that I have spoken to who's been at practice and has seen the work that Arnett has put in says that he is the real deal. He looks great in camp. All the reports are glowing. He's been one of the most talked about players during Raiders camp, and he's one of the players that I am looking forward to see play the most. Now, we did get a little bit of bad news about him on Wednesday. Ian Rappaport uh, of the NFL Network reported that Arnett has a fracture in his thumb and will play through the injury wearing a soft cast. It is worth noting, though, that those of you who are concerned, it's worth noting that he did play through uh, a broken bone in his wrist uh, last season at Ohio State. Uh, I believe he also had some sort of, I think it was a hard cast, uh, actually, he was wearing last year, but... um, That didn't seem to affect his play, so I don't expect this being a real big issue for him. Perhaps it could; he he could have some challenges when he's trying to catch the ball to make an interception. Certainly, that could hinder him. But overall, as long as he can still cover, you know, he he likes to play physical. If he can, if he's allowed to be physical with that soft cast and, and continue to make tackles, he should be in good shape. So I wouldn't worry too much about that. Now that they've added some depth at the linebacker position, I do believe that the secondary and the the youth and inexperience at that position kind of moves up the charts as my number one concern as the season is set to begin. There's there's no way around it. Uh, they're they're young. They don't have a lot of uh, starts between uh, between them. They're going to be tested early on. This is a passing league. And then think about this. I looked at the schedule. In the first six games of the season, they will face Drew Brees, Patrick Mahomes, and Tom Brady. Not to mention some very, very good offensive play callers and Sean Payton, Josh McDaniels, Andy Reid, and, and Bruce Arians. So uh, they they um, will be tested early on. There's some really good offensive minds there who are going to look to take advantage of that young secondary. You have to expect some growing pains. The pass rush, in my opinion, is going to be crucial. The best thing for a young secondary is for that defensive line to generate some pressure. Make that quarterback uncomfortable, force him to to get the ball out of his hands quickly, and, and do not allow your young secondary to be exposed out there with having to cover for too long of a time. Okay, so those are some of my thoughts on the latest news surrounding the Raiders. I'm going to take my first break, and when we return, I will take a look at some of the final roster spots that are up for grabs with roster cuts looming on Saturday. But before we do that, I want to share some information with all my male listeners out there, so make sure you are listening up. I think we can all agree 2020 has been a real kick in the balls. That's why I recommend you start pampering your pouch with Manscaped. Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accents thanks to advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. One of the coolest features, though, is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with Quiet Stroke technology. And let's not forget the charging stand. Show sure your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you are listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours. Get 20% off now, plus free shipping with the code PODBABY. That is P-O-D-B-A-B-Y, PODBABY, at manscaped.com. Trust me, your balls will thank you. Okay, we are back here on Just Pod Baby. Let's get into some roster talk now. As I said at the top, I don't see a lot of drama that remains. The current roster is at 75. I think that's the number after some moves that were made this week. What I want to do here is is just go through a couple of the more notable positions where I think there is a decision that still remains. Let's start with running back. I I, I still think they keep five, and that includes the fullback in gold, of course. My mind hasn't changed much since I put out my early 53-man roster on silverandblacktoday.com. Rod Smart was cut earlier in the week, so I believe that makes Devontae Booker a lock to make the roster. Initially, when they signed Theo Riddick, uh, I thought he had a chance to make the team. He's been a very productive player in the league, but the more and more I think about it, I, I just don't see a path for him with having such uh, a small amount of time in camp to impress. He did miss the entire year last year. So uh, again, I find it hard to see a path for him. They do have Jalen Richard and, and um, uh, Bowden who who can catch the ball. Uh, but, but you know Riddick isn't that big body back that they need behind Jacobs to run between the tackles and one thing i would add is that i think Booker survives cuts but but i wouldn't be surprised to see see the raiders go after a guy who hits the waiver wire once once cuts come in on saturday so so keep that um keep that in mind now moving on to the offensive line i think the big question that remains is How many are they going to keep? Is it going to be 9 or 10? 10 seems like it's a little bit excessive, but... If the number is ten, then I then obviously I think that means Brandon Parker is safe. But if that number is nine, you know he he'll probably be sent packing. It looks like Sam Young will win the swing tackle job. The only other way I see Parker surviving is if for some reason they decide to keep him around and cut Denzel Good, which I hope they don't do. I, I really like Good. I thought he played very well in in a few uh, spot starts that he had last year when Gabe Jackson was was down. Um, And he offers more position versatility as he has played both guard and tackle in the league. And I think that's something we've heard Gruden and and Mayock talk about. They like players that are versatile, that can do more than one job. So I really believe that helps Good uh, and his chances of making the roster. Uh, It's possible Parker could find himself on the practice squad. I'm not sure if they're quite ready to throw in the towel on a guy like him yet. Red receiver is another position we must uh, of course touch on especially with the news this week that Tyrell Williams will go on the IR and and will have season ending surgery. It does open up the door for a sixth wideout should they decide to keep six. I think they will. Some people I've spoke to said they they only see them keeping five, but I think six is is the number. I hope it's Rico Gafford. I know Keelan Doss and Marcel Aitman have had, or, or they do have a similar body profile to Williams. They're they're bigger receivers. But I think Brian Edwards provides the, the group with with a taller receiver who can win 50-50 balls. I just think w- when you look at Gafford, his speed is very intriguing and... That can be useful on special teams as well uh, in the return game. And and Gruden could be creative with Gafford, even if it's just for a few plays a game. Use him on jet sweeps, short screens, go routes. Again, even if it's only four or five plays a game, we see what speed does for the Chiefs offense. You throw Gafford out there for a few plays with Ruggs, Waller, Bowden, uh coming out of the backfield, that, that could create some big time mismatches, uh, some matchup problems for defenses. If for some reason, though, he does not make the 53, I would fully expect him to be one of the four players that they try to protect on the practice squad. Let's go over to the defensive side of the ball now. And the player that everyone will be keeping a very close eye on or ear, I should say, is is linebacker uh, Javen White. Prior to the addition of Rayquan McMillan it looked like that uh the rookie undrafted rookie uh, had made a very strong case for himself to make the team, but does that change now? That's the big question we all want the answer to. He really has become a fan favorite to make the team, and it reminds me of Keelan Doss from a year ago. He was a local guy out of Alameda. This year it's Javen White who uh, you know went to school at UNLV, so it's a very similar situation there. And My heart tells me that white makes the team but you know my brain is telling me maybe they'd like to see a little bit more from him they'd like to try to keep him on the practice squad where he can develop uh, and maybe improve a little bit more uh, it's possible though if they try to cut him that uh you know they don't get him back that that's a risk that they're going to have to be willing to take. Um, it's possible that that White sees there are three young linebackers who will be starting on this team that are going to be ahead of him. Maybe he feels that he'll have a better opportunity if he is cut because he has, although they didn't have preseason games where he put stuff on film, there might be some buzz out there uh, and he may feel that he has a better opportunity if he's cut to sign with another team. So I think that is is the one big thing that we will all be crossing, our, or, or that will be the one player that we are all crossing our fingers for, is, is Javen White. Now, as far as the defensive line and secondary goes, I don't expect any big surprises there with Amukamara uh, out. That means the youth movement is on at the quarterback position, cornerback position, excuse me, with Mullen, Arnett, Johnson, Nixon, Robertson, and and the one veteran there, uh, LaMarcus Journal, Those will be your cornerbacks. Uh, so so those are some of my thoughts. We will see what Gruden and Mayak decide to do. But one thing is for certain, the roster is in much better shape than we've ever seen it in a very long time. There's depth uh, across the, the roster, especially at some very key positions. So overall, things are looking up for the Las Vegas Raiders. All right, enough from me. Let's go ahead and bring in this week's special guest. We go out to the phone lines now and we bring in our special guest this week, and that is Hondo Carpenter, who covers the Raiders for SI.com. Raiders Maven. You can follow him on Twitter at Hondo Carpenter. This man is full of positive energy, and we welcome him in to just Pod Baby for his first appearance. How you doing, Hondo?
0: Good buddy. Thanks for having me. I want to say one thing if you don't mind. When you say full of positivity. I'm more than willing to write something negative if there's something to write. But right now, if you're a Raiders fan, you don't have anything to complain about. Things are bright. The future's bright. This organization is being run brilliantly. So if you're a Raiders fan, you should take the fact that I'm so enthused as a positive because I'm not afraid to write negative. There just isn't anything to write right now that way.
1: Absolutely, and we love to hear the positivity coming out of, out of the Raiders camp, so so keep it up. But before we begin, I do want to congratulate you, Hondo. Those of you who missed Monday's edition of Silver and Black Today with Scott and Q, they made an announcement that Hondo would be a weekly guest on the show on Mondays. So make sure you're tuning in for that, and again, congratulations, Hondo.
0: Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. It's a big honor to be there, and I'll be on Raider Nation Radio twice. I'll be with Scott, and then I'll be with Clay in the morning also, so it's a lot of fun.
1: Very good. All right. I have a a bunch of things that I'd like to discuss with you, so let's get started with some league issues to start. On Tuesday, Commissioner Goodell spoke with media, and he said that the competition committee has agreed that there's no competitive advantage if some teams have fans in the stands and others don't. Now, one of the reasons he stated there's no advantage is because of stadium sizes across the league being different and that. Also, attendance varies across the league. Despite his comments, some of the clubs from around the league have voiced their concerns. Mike Zimmer being one of them in Minnesota. Sean McDermott in Buffalo has also been adamant that he isn't fond of the idea. And even Raiders owner Mark Davis has made some comments. So, Hondo, where do you stand on the issue? What's your opinion on uh, the competitive advantage or disadvantage that some teams may be at with fans in the stands?
0: I rarely agree with Roger Goodell on anything. In my personal opinion, um, I think he makes a lot of decisions that are subject at best. Um, I think if if it's something that hurts the Raiders, I don't think that bothers him too bad. Um, So I'm not a fan of, I don't mean this personally, I'm sure he's a wonderful father and husband and a good person. Um, The league. I'm just not a fan of Roger, so it doesn't surprise me that he would say that. Um, and my I mean, this is a guy that, in my opinion, bends over backwards to try to make some franchises look good and not caring about what he does to others. If you can say that's an unfair advantage, then you're telling me that you would love to see a Roseanne Barr in a Victoria's Secret catalog looking for lingerie for your wife. <laughs> that's just absolutely absurd. It makes no sense. And nobody who's logical even remotely believes that it's just absurdity and it's a slap in the face to the Raiders. It's a slap in the face of fans insulting their intelligence. And it's Roger Goodell from his golden perch once again making a statement uh, you know, from, from a place. And I'm going to tell you, that's a guy that under his leadership, I think owners should be concerned about um, not necessarily heralding. And I think it absolutely hurts them. It's not fair. Uh, but at the end of the day, you have to, if you're a Raider, you have to learn to almost accept that. You know, if, if the decision comes down to benefiting some teams or the Raiders, they're going to go with the some teams, and that's how it works. And it's the end of the day, it's just win, baby. You understand that. The Raiders are used to fighting an uphill battle with the league. Even though Al Davis isn't here any longer, it continues. It's absolutely, positively, complete and utter ignorance.
1: Yeah, I have to agree with what you said there. Uh, let's get into some some Raiders news from the week, starting with the trade that went down for linebacker Raquan McMillan from the Dolphins. Look, I've said it many times in the past uh, couple of weeks on this show. Uh, I felt that one of the areas of concern on the roster was depth at linebacker. I, I was just never sold on anyone after Littleton and Kwiatkowski. We all know the injuries that the linebacker uh, room sustained Uh, or or dealt with last year of the suspension to Vontaze Burfecht. They were signing guys off the couch last season, if you remember. I I feel much better about where the group is overall right now. Tell me what you like about the trade and what McMillan brings to the defense.
0: I talked to one assistant general manager of another NFL team that absolutely loved the trade. He predicted to me that Raekwon would be a starter from day one, um, with Kwiatkowski and with Littleton. Um, He is stout at the point of attack. His his footwork is absolutely a thing of beauty, and he is a stout, thumping run stopper. He's a brilliant player. Um, For people that think that the um, Dolphins let him go because he's terrible, you're wrong. The Dolphins let him go because they're in a rebuilding process, and he doesn't fit in the scheme that they're going to run. The Raiders stole him. If he starts this year, they literally stole him. Um, one of the things that the Raiders have done that was not necessarily their purvey prior to Gruden and to Mayock getting in town is, and, you know, there were times that the Raiders would sign players and it was more of a, you know, publicity stuff. Let's keep the Raiders in the news or they would pick guys, you know, who were a lot of sizzle, but not a lot of state. And they went out and and slowly just accumulated veterans at very good prices guys who are wonderful in the locker room, they're good men, they're strong men, they're strong leaders, they're professionals, they practice well, and guys that can play. I mean, look at Prince Luca Mara. This is a guy that a couple of weeks literally a week and a half ago, a week before the trade, I had wrote that they thought was going to make the team. I put down there it was going to be the fifth or sixth defensive back. But because the young guys just continued to progress, they couldn't hide those guys on the practice roster anymore. Those guys are going to get picked up by other teams and be added to their 53-man roster. So Mukamaro, who can still play, didn't make the team because of the play of the young ones. And that's how excited you should be if you're a Raider fan. And it's the same way. They, they go out, they get a great veteran. All three of their, their potential starting linebackers are free agents that they didn't overpay for anybody. All of them are on good deals. All of them the same work ethic. All of them exceptional guys. It's just to me, if you're a Raider fan, more proof of being smart. It's just like with Davian Clowney. I wrote this earlier. They were willing to pay him a contract that was incentive laden. But Max Crosby had better numbers than him. You know, and a lot of Raider fans, and that's why they're called fanatics, are out there. We got to have Clowney, pay whatever you got to pay. Well, guess what? Max Crosby is a lot younger, quite frankly, a better player, and he's going to get paid too. So if you overpay Clowney, then next year when he's in the third year of his rookie deal, all of a sudden now you enter a Max Crosby situation where, okay, I'm holding out, and now you're going to have to spend millions more to get me because you overpaid for Clowney, and then it, it screws up this salary cap. They were smart. They played their cards right. They handled it right. If Who knows if they end up signing them, they're not going to oversign for them, and that's the brilliance of the Raider organization right now. They're making smart business decisions. They're not trying to win the headline. They're trying to win football games and sustain it over a long period of time.
1: Raiders beat writer Hondo Carpenter from SI.com. Raiders Navin joins us on Just Pod Baby. Now, let's continue on with some talk about the linebackers. I want to ask you about Javen White. Everything we've heard uh, out of camp on him. Was very positive. Prior to the trade, it looked like he had a very good chance at, at making the 53 men roster. Is that no longer the case, in your opinion? And is he a prime candidate for the practice squad?
0: Well, I had him making the roster before the trade. Now I think it's one of those things. Do the gamble? You know, how much do they believe in his future? If they do, do you take a risk at hiding him on your practice squad? Because he's a guy that was right. I mean, I had him making the Raiders. And so there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to say, wait a minute, he was right on the cusp until the last minute, and we don't, have, we don't have linebacker depth, and he's better than what we had, so let's sign him. That's the question Mayock and Gruden are asking themselves tonight, and I think that's what's so brilliant about this team. You want these problems. When you're in training camp wondering who's going to get cut from other teams that we can sign, you know you're in trouble. But when you're sitting in training camp saying, okay, who's going to come sign these guys when we cut them, you know you're in a good spot. For the first time in years, the Raiders are part of the haves and not the have-nots in the NFL, whether it's in their facilities, which are the best in the league, or in their roster, which I'm not ready to call their roster the best in the league, but they're certainly among the haves.
1: Yeah, certainly uh, it's a good problem to have when you've when you got to start making decisions like this. And, and I do believe if, if he uh, should be cut, he'll be one of the guys they try to get on that protected part of the one of the four players who are protected on the, on the practice squad.
0: I agree with you. That's going to be the fascinating thing this point is that there's going to be guys that they can sign to the protected and uh, other teams can't sign. But remember now, if you're Javin and you know you're right on the edge, he's got an agent too. So all of a sudden now other teams are talking to them saying, listen, don't sign to the protected, make them, you know, come off of it and give us a chance to sign you to the 53. That's something I've talked to several NFL uh, management people about. And I've got an article coming uh, later this week at Raider Maven that there's a lot of teams talking to a lot of agents. Hey, if you get on that practice squad, don't sign it because we're going to sign you to our 53 and that's going on behind the scenes. And it's exciting.
1: You know, that's an interesting point you make there. And I, I you know, I hadn't considered that that part of the, you know, the, the business side of things behind the scenes. And it could play out in a similar way now that you mention it, the way the Keelan Doss uh, situation did last year, where they they caught him. He ended up going to, I believe, Jacksonville to their practice squad, but the Raiders offered him a little bit more more money and eventually got him back. So yeah, that that could play out uh, that way for, for Javen White as well. Let's 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 move on and let's talk a little bit about the wide receivers now. News came down this week that indeed Tyrell Williams will have season-ending surgery on his labrum uh, we know the next man up uh, is Brian, Brian Edwards but, but don't count out guys like Zay Jones and, and Nelson Aguilar uh, they've had great camps as well Gruden's had a lot of good things to say about both of those guys but outside of those three names who benefits the most from Williams going to the IR could Gruden and Mayock decide to keep six wide receivers and if so is it Gafford, Doss, or Aitman who gets the nod?
0: Yeah, I think him going down all of a sudden now makes five a possibility. Um, I, 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 to me, that's the fascinating part. I mean, that's the that's the absolute fascinating part.
1: Now, the other the other big storyline. Going into the season, uh, which begins a week from Sunday, it is the young secondary. Prince Amukamara was was cut earlier in the week, and and that move solidifies Damon Arnett as the starter. Opposite of Trayvon Mullen, those two will join Demarius Randall, Jonathan Abram, and the Marcus Joyner to form the back end of the defense. What's your level of concern, though, with the youth in the secondary?
0: Well, Tom Izzo, the Michigan State basketball coach, is a dear friend of mine. He talks about at every level, whether it's a kid going from middle school to high school, high school to college, or college to the NFL. Every step is exponentially better. And he talks about the fact that you have to learn to win. If you go back, I wrote an article earlier this year, go back and compare the Cowboys under Jimmy Johnson when they went seven and nine. There was people saying Jimmy Johnson couldn't coach. It was a bad hire. The Cowboys were going in the wrong direction. Then the next year, they came in and made the playoffs. And the next year, they made the Super Bowl. And all Jimmy Johnson did was what the Raiders are doing. He accumulated talent. He didn't underpay. He didn't overpay. And he just continued to get better. And what happened at the end of the day was that those young players learned how to win. There is an element, and this is why they've tried to bring in veterans like a Jason Winton, a Nelson Aguilar, a Prince of um, Malik Collins. Where those guys have to learn how to practice in this league, how to win in this league. You know, a lot of guys come in; they're young, they got a bunch of money, and they want to go out and play on the week and on the weeknights and have fun. And I don't mean anything immoral. I'm just saying, go out and be young men with a lot of money. And the problem is, is you know, they got to learn. They're pros, and they can get cut. And so when they learn from those young guys, hey, go home, hydrate, don't drink, go home and hydrate, rest learn the things to act like a professional. And there is an element that it takes to learn to win. Steve Mariucci and I discussed that one night with Tom Izzo, when Tom and I were having that conversation at a final four and Mooch agreed. He said, same way in the NFL, young players have to learn how to do their job. And that's the, the process. That's why I think the Raiders are going to make the playoffs this year. I predicted 10 and six. Um, And I think they're going to make the playoffs But I think next year they're going to compete with the Chiefs to win the division. But at the end of the day, uh, they're going to have to learn how to win. And that's the youth part of this. I hope that makes
1: sense to you. Yeah, yeah, it makes plenty of sense. And uh speaking of college basketball, I'm a big I'm a big college basketball fan myself and uh I know Tom Izzo's been been signing some big time recruits this year, so he's got another big class coming in next year as well. Um last one for you here, Hondo. Saturday is cut down day across the league. You know, when you look at the roster the way it, it is Currently, it doesn't appear that there's going to be any big-time surprise cuts that we can expect, but let's say you had to pick one that you think fans might not see coming. Who would it be, or uh, is there a player who you think surprisingly makes the team?
0: I'm going to give you a name of a guy who I think has an outside shot at making the team. It's Mike Panishuk, the undrafted free agent defensive tackle. I'm I'm certain they're going to try to keep him on the practice squad, certain of it. But that's a guy that I think has a shot. That's a guy that wouldn't surprise me. Again, you asked me for long shots. I I would say maybe a 5% chance, but that's a name that wouldn't surprise me, the big defensive tackle. He is stout, one of the strongest players in the team at the point of the attack. He doesn't get moved at all and he is absolutely brutal. Um, the way he plays and just the way he attacks the line. So that's a guy I think you got to chat, Javen White, you know, does he make it? I think some people would be shocked, but if he got cut, I think there's others that would be shocked about him. And I just think it's going to be fun to watch. You know, when you're – this is how you know when you have a good team. When you're shocked by who gets cut, not shocked by who gets kept. That, to me, is the big story. And there's going to be some guys – that are, you know, that potentially could get top because there's some good players on this team. I mean, I had someone on another interview in another state ask me today about Zay Jones. And I said, you know, Zay Jones is a guy that I think is solid. But if he got cut, he gets signed immediately. And I think, you know, there's just a lot of great players on this roster. And when you're a Raider fan, you have to be excited at the accumulation of talent. You've got to be excited at what this, this franchise is doing. If you're not excited about the Raiders, it's either because you're a fan of one of the 31 other teams or Roger Goodell, or you simply are just never happy and you're a miserable person. Because if you have half a brain and you step back and look at how they're building and the way that they're building and what they're doing, and you're not excited, there's something wrong with you. You're just an unhappy person.
1: All right, great stuff there from Hondo Carpenter of SI.com, Raiders Maven. Do yourself a favor, go out and read all of his work. You will not be disappointed. And make sure you are also tuning in to Silver and Black today, each and every Monday, to hear more from Hondo. Thanks again for joining me, and keep up the good work. It's a privilege. I appreciate you, friend. And we are back here on Just Pod Baby for some quick thoughts to wrap it up. Once again, I'd like to thank our guest this week, Hondo Carpenter. you got to love the enthusiasm and the energy that he brings. I thought he made a very good point about some of the things that may be going on behind the scenes with agents and players. And I would imagine that that type of thing is really going on. After all, this is a business. and, And as much as you would like to see a guy like Javen White... As much as you believe he wants to be a Raider, the goal for him should be to make a 53-man roster on a team that gives him the best opportunity to have a long career, make a living, and support his family. So at the end of the day, these guys have to do what's best for them if they are to be cut. All right, that is going to do it for this week. Get excited because this time next week... Rather than talking about training camp practices, we are going to be focusing on previewing week one of the 2020 season as the Raiders travel to Charlotte to take on the Carolina Panthers. We'll talk to you next week. And as always, just win, baby.